Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. Blessings in Christ is also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Church of Christ is scriptural in name, Romans 16, 16, scriptural in origin, Colossians 1, 18, scriptural in doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 16, and scriptural in practice, James 1 and 22. Our lesson today is uh, called, Why We Assemble. And according to the world, you don't need to be a member of the Lord's Church, and you don't need to assemble with the saints on the first day of the week. But we as Christians, we know that this is a false doctrine. We not only have to obey the gospel plan of salvation and become a Christian, but as Christians, we must serve God faithfully and in living a faithful Christian life, uh, we do need to assemble on the first day of the week. We see an example of this from Acts 20 and verse 7. And upon the first day of the week, the disciples came together to break bread. Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. Also, when the church comes together on the first day of the week, we not only come to break bread, and uh, to partake of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of Jesus Christ, uh, the Son of God. But we also come to worship God. And when we come together on the first day of the week to worship God, we must do it in spirit and in truth. In John 4 and verse 23, But the hour cometh and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So once again, our lesson is entitled, uh, Why We Assemble. And um, there will eventually be part two of this lesson, but for today, we'll just go ahead and listen to part one. We hope that you enjoy the lesson, and please like us on Facebook. Thank you. Our lesson this morning is the importance of assembling. And of course, we know that Christians on the first day of the week uh, they come together and they come together for the purpose of worshiping God and also for the Lord's Supper um, In the world today a lot of people would believe that they could be a Christian and just stay at home That's probably the way the majority of the world believes But with the church the Lord's Church not only do we become a Christian by obeying the gospel plan of salvation and uh, repenting of sins, confessing Jesus Christ to be the Son of God, confessing our faith in Christ and being baptized in the water grave of baptism. But we also have the obligation and the commandment to assemble on the first day of the week. When we see the world today, uh, people will come together uh, when something is important, and especially if it's important to their heart. In fact, just to, to note, uh, you know, we like sports. Uh, a mom and I watched college football yesterday, and they if you watched the Penn State game last night, there were 107,000 people at that game. And I know back from the days when I would take Dad and Landon to the high state games, uh, when you go to a football game, you don't just show up two hours and watch the game and go home. It's an all-day thing. When you're in the middle of 107,000 people, it's an all-day thing. Another example would be uh, concerts. You know, we live in a, a day and age where people will, uh, will, will spend a whole day and, and the crowds at some of the good concerts 
uh, are thousands of people. And not only that, but uh, I can't believe what, what concerts cost now. And just to give you an example, uh, when Sally and I got married years and years ago, we seen the Eagles, which is probably one of the best uh, bands, and it was $20. The tickets were $20 to see the Eagles. Now, uh, it's probably uh, $400 or $500 a ticket if you're lucky enough to get it. But anyway, people will spend any amount of money for sporting. People will spend any amount of money for a concert. And um, uh, just a quick note, I think Jimmy Buffett uh, passed away. And I know Doug really liked Jimmy Buffett. And he was one of the ones that would go out to, it used to be called Legend Valley, but he was one of the, and everybody said uh, Jimmy Buffett was going to, to live forever, but he didn't, did he? I think he died at like 74, 75. But anyway, people will spend any amount of money and uh, will congregate together for something that is important to them. And there's a lot of people that claim that they are Christians and won't assemble on the first day of the week. So that's what we're going to look at today. And of course, the main verse we want to look at, and this will be a two-part lesson. I won't go too long today. And uh, we'll, we'll make this uh, probably a two-part lesson. But we see in Acts 20 and verse 7 that we see the example of the early church here in Acts that met together on the first day of the week. And not only did they come together, but they also came with a purpose. In Acts 20 and 7, and upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow, and continued his speech until midnight. So we see the example here. Not only did the disciples come together with a purpose, but they also came uh, to break bread. And of course, that is Holy Communion. That is remembering Jesus Christ. We're going to look at that here in a minute. And it says he continued his speech until midnight. And uh, that is preaching. That is the Word of God is communicated. Uh, you see the word prophecy a lot in the Old and New Testament. And of course, uh, many people mistakenly think that that only means foretelling the future, but it also means communication of the Holy Spirit. It is God's Holy Spirit revealing His will, God's will for His people coming together. And uh, we know that when we read the Bible now, the Holy Spirit and God's will is also communicated to us. But we are commanded to assemble, and we're going to look at some of the uh, blessings of assembling as the church. And the first one I want to look at today, of course, is the most obvious, and that is worship. The church comes together with the purpose and the, uh, the ability to worship. It is a blessing. Everyone in this congregation that is with me here today, uh, we are united in love. We are united with our belief. And we are, of course, united in our faith. But the Holy Spirit brings us all together with one purpose, and that is to honor, glorify, and worship God through Jesus Christ. In Psalm 66 and verse 4, we see that God has created all of us. You are a living soul made in the image of God, as James already pointed out very well in his sermon on pets, that uh, animals are alive, but they don't have a soul. And of course, uh, when they die, they die. But a uh, man's soul goes on to eternity. But you were created not for sin. You were not created to follow your own interest and your own uh, desires above God's will. It's not wrong 
to have our families and our job and uh, to have uh, uh, good times with our family, but God comes first. And you know, I look at everybody in the audience here this morning, and especially on the holiday weekend, you know, if there was ever a temptation that, you know, to uh, ride motorcycles or uh, I think James was talking about a music festival or whatever, uh, you know, it, it would be a, a fun time to go to a, to a concert or to ride motorcycles. And there's nothing wrong with that, but God comes first. And if we are not providentially hindered, we need to assemble and worship God. But this invitation is available for all of God's creation. In Psalm 66 and verse 4, All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee, and they shall sing to thy name. And not only is it an occasion for us individually, but Christians have the uh, advantage and the blessing of coming together and worshiping together. It's so much more joyous when we can express our greatest love, our greatest desire, and not only have we made that commitment to worship God on the first day of the week, but we do it together. It is a family occasion, and all of us in this audience, especially those that have lost loved ones, and everyone here has lost loved ones, that uh, you remember those times, those family times when we could be together. And listen to this, the most important thing that we did then and the most important thing we can ever do is to worship God together. And that's what James had mentioned in his announcements this morning that, you know, we want to do it in heaven. That's uh, someday we're going to worship together, Lord willing. Deuteronomy 16 and verse 11, Thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, thou, thy son, thy daughter, thy maidservant, thy manservant, the Levite that is within thy gates, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow that are among you in the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to his name there. So not only do we have the blessing of worship, but we come together because we assemble to not only to remember Christ, but to worship God. In John 4, 23 through 24, we see that this event is not a personal experience. It's not an event for us to entertain ourselves uh, and to have a social uh, action with our community and our neighbors. You know, uh, you can tell it's a holiday weekend. We've had, I think, three different neighbors uh, at our house uh, within the last few days. And uh, my neighbor Justin brought his little baby over, and she's just a little doll baby. But uh, it was is wonderful to have uh, fellowship with our neighbors. But Christians also come together with that beautiful fellowship. And it's not a time for entertainment or self-fulfillment. It's a time to worship God and to put Him first. And God says that we must worship Him, but we must do it in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23-24, The hour cometh and now is when true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. And you see that where it says, He seeketh us to worship Him. Isn't that a beautiful verse? God created us and He seeketh His creation to come to Him and to express joy, to express thanksgiving, to express praise, to express love, that He seeketh. He seeketh that relationship through Christ that we could now be adopted sons of God. Also in John 4, verse 24, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. 
As a faithful Christian, in order to be pleasing to God, we must give him all the love, praise, devotion, dependence, reverence, and glory to God. How do we give glory to God? We put him first and we love him. And on the first day of the week, if we are not providentially hindered, if we are not out of town on commitments, if we are, if we have the ability and capacity to worship, we need to come together and to worship our God. In worship, we put God first in our life and we give him our life. For there would be no life without worship. There would be no reason to live without worshiping our God. God fills the universe and he also needs to fill our hearts. Our life, our faith, our joy, our meaning, our fulfillment. For there would be no life, no hope, no reason to live without our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We must give reverent worship, obedience, praise, humility, subjection, and an all-consuming love to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, you might hear a child that might say, well, I have to go to church, and my parents make me go to church. That's not the attitude that a Christian has. We want to go to church, and that is the most important thing that we will ever do. And uh, we want to have a, a good life, and we want to uh, have a family. We have loved ones, but we put God first no matter what. In Matthew 4, verse 10, Jesus said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. In worship to God, we have an overwhelming sense of nearness to the majesty and glory of God. We come near to God and we bow down. How important is that to come and bow down at God's throne? We realize that we are his sanctified, obedient children and Jesus Christ lives in our hearts by faith. We receive spiritual strength. We are renewed when we come to worship. In Philippians 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. In 1 John 4 and verse 4, ye are of the world, or ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So it is because Jesus Christ is within our hearts, we yearn for God. We yearn to worship. And everyone in this audience will feel uplifted when we come together and worship God because that's what Christians do. We come together and we worship God. I don't want to turn this into a lesson of worship, but once again, this is it's important for Christians to assemble on the first day of the week. Another reason why we assemble on the first day of the week is we want to remember Jesus Christ and what He has done. Did you know that Jesus Christ was God manifested in the flesh? And He is not only God, the glory of God and the express image of God we see in Hebrews chapter 1, but He is all, also uh, uh, brings us the express image and the glory of God. Turn, if you would, to Colossians chapter 1, and that's one of the best uh, descriptions of Jesus Christ, that He is the image of God, and He is uh, on the right-hand side of God, and God fully manifested to us, and He lives in our hearts by faith, he is our high priest. He is the Alpha and the Omega. 
He is the creator of all things, whether there be material, physical, or spiritual. Jesus Christ is the creator of all things. Colossians 1, starting in verse 15. This is talking about Jesus. And once again, we worship to recognize that Jesus is God. Colossians 1 and verse 15. Who is the image of the invisible God? Listen to this. The firstborn of every creature. Now, a lot of people would look at Colossians 1 and 15 and say, well, he was the first one created. No, Jesus Christ was never created because we see in Genesis chapter 1 that he was with the Father and the Holy Spirit from even before time itself. But when it says that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, that means, listen to this, he is above creation he is before creation that he is the creator that god created all things through his precious son jesus christ and he also said uh, that there is uh, no one cometh to the father but by me or but by jesus christ verse 16 colossians 1 for by him were all things created that are in heaven that are in earth visible and invisible that's Physical, material, and even spiritual are were created by Jesus Christ. Whether there be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by Him and for Him. So don't you see, when we come to church, we are recognizing that Jesus Christ is the reason that we are a Christian. And we will remember what He has done for the rest of our life. In verse 17, listen to this. He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. So that means without Christ, there is no life or no reason to live. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is the blessed Son of God. He is the essence and fullness of our Christian faith. The heart of the gospel and the Christian message, Jesus Christ is not only the head of, head of the church, but he is also our high priest on the right-hand side of God. He is uh, the person that God fully became a man, so he is fully God, and he is also was fully man. His precious blood on the cross was shed for our sins. Paul describes Jesus as the image of the invisible God and the firstborn of every creature. By taking human nature, Jesus brings the image and glory of an invisible God to light. He is the fullness of God, the glory of God, the express image of God. The fact that Paul calls Jesus the firstborn of creation does not mean that Jesus was ever created. It means that he is superior to all creation. In fact, he is the creator of all things and all things were created by him and for him. Jesus existed as God before he was born in Bethlehem. He existed as God with the Father and Holy Spirit before anything that was ever created. So you see, when we come to church, we recognize that Jesus Christ is everything to us in our heart. Nothing physical or spiritual on earth or the entire universe can exist without Jesus Christ. How many of us got to see the supermoon? I don't want to go into a science, uh, science lesson, but anyway, uh, 
we have what they call a super moon and i guess um it only happens a few times where there were two full moons in august but they said that the moon that happened uh last week wouldn't happen again for 14 years and i was all excited and i was going to take mom out and it was 10 o'clock i'm like don't go to sleep don't go to sleep and we were all excited and i had a walker and i went outside it was cloudy <laughs> so you didn't get to see it but the fun thing was the next day i did get to see it and mom was already asleep but you know the lord created that and how many people will go on vacation and and talk about the beauty and uh, landon was uh he clown climbed mount zion in utah or something and uh, he's got a big story about it but anyway uh he was talking about how beautiful the rocky mountains were and i guess in utah you can see for 100 miles and i know montana's like that too but you know what god created that through his precious son so once again we glorify jesus christ as god another reason why we assemble on the first day of the week and this is my favorite part here and that is of course the lord's supper and i've heard a lot of lessons about the lord's supper but that is something that is exclusive to christians the world cannot participate in this religious feast did you know that the Lord's Supper was ordained for public worship on the first day of the week? Sunday is the Lord's Supper. Turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Once again, this is something that is central to Christians. And this is what Christians do. And this is part of our worship. We cannot take this lightly. Uh, this is something... Uh, that we do on the first day of the week and this has to be central to our worship because this is not only fulfilling christ's commandment but we are doing this in remembrance of christ the world wants to remember christ by decorating a tree on december 25th and saying it's his birthday and easter eggs and easter bunnies and you know what does collared eggs and chocolate bunnies have to do with the birth of christ what does singing to a tree saying oh christmas tree oh holy christmas tree what does that have to do with christ we partake of the lord's supper because he commanded it us to and on the lord's supper we are remembering the son of god we are remembering christ first corinthians chapter 11 starting in verse 23 for I have received of the Lord that which I have delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body which was broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And the same manner also he took, and the same manner also uh, uh, he took, um, he, he broke the bread and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In verse 25, And in the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This is the cup of my New Testament, of the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as oft as ye drink in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he comes. So ordained is for public worship on the first day of the week. Sunday is the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper is the sole religious feast peculiar to the New Testament. Faithful Christians regularly, reverently, and faithfully partake of this feast in loving memory of Jesus Christ. 
remembrance of the body and the blood of Christ. So when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we do three things. We show the Lord's death until He comes. We do this in remembrance of Jesus and His perfect sacrifice for us. And we do this until Jesus comes. We not only partake of the bread and the fruit of the vine, which are the body and the blood of Christ, but we also show reverence, thanksgiving for Jesus Christ and what He has done. His perfect sacrifice and our relationship we have in Christ as adopted sons of God. This is a way of memorializing and remembering Christ. So we see when we assemble, we are worshiping in spirit and in truth. We are remembering and, and acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the King of the universe and the head, head of all things, material and spiritual, on the right-hand side of God, and we give glory to His name. But when we partake of the Lord's Supper to remember Jesus Christ, the Son of God, His descent from heaven, He gave up the glory of heaven to be the Son of Man. He was not only the Son of God, but He also became the Son of Man. To shed His blood and become the perfect sacrifice for all the sins of all mankind. For full atonement and reconciliation of man to God. We went from enemies to God to now adopted sons of God. It is to show forth Christ's death on the cross of Calvary. To declare His death and to publish His death. So we commune as His family. We commune because we are all family. Regardless, even though that we're not perhaps a physical or blood family on earth, but we are blood family through the blood of Christ. And look around you. This is the family we will be with for eternity if we are faithful unto death. And I couldn't be more happy because I love every one of you with all of my heart. To declare his death, to publish it, it is not only done in complete remembrance of Christ of what he has done and suffered, but also to commemorate, to celebrate his glorious condescension and grace uh, in our total redemption. We declare his death to be our life. And it is perhaps the most important thing we can do is to remember Christ. Our reason for living, another reason to glorify and to thank and to worship God. We declare our Lord to be the origin, the genesis and spring of our entire life. We glory and fulfill our life and relationship in Christ by declaring His death and perfect sacrifice. We show forth His death and we bring it before God as our accepted sacrifice and ransom and to set it in the view of our faith that we have in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So another reason that we assemble on the first day of the week is that we come to... Uh, to worship, we come to declare the glory of God, and we also come for the Lord's Supper. So it is very important in our Christian life that we attend and we express our worship to God and we put Him first. And this is what Christians do. We come together to encourage one another and we also come together to show our faithfulness to God. We've got a few more minutes here, so we will uh, continue to uh, show why Christians assemble on the first day of the week. Faithful, uh, faithfully assembling with the saints, we show where our heart is. Where is our heart? Will we put God first? 
Every Christian must come to understand the responsibility of faithfully assembling with the saints, attending all the services that we can if we are not providentially hindered, giving importance to the responsibility and the privilege of worshiping God. Next, we show our love. Where is our heart when we assemble? Not only are we commanded, not only do we remember uh, the Lord Jesus with the Lord's Supper, not only do we worship God in spirit and in truth, but we come together as the, the Lord's family in Christian faith, showing our love for God and love for each other. First of all, we show love for our physical family. Ephesians 6 and verse 4, All ye fathers provoke not your children with wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. We are nourishing not only ourselves, but our children. In assembling, we show them the importance and the value of worship and also fellowship. We are giving them the most valuable thing we can ever give them by teaching our children on the first day of the week Christians come together. And you know, it's not easy. Uh, I think, well, even we have one here, but a lot of the, the churches would always have a nursery. And Christians come together. And uh, when there's really young ones, you always have a, a place to take the kids if they're misbehaving. Uh, Mom can tell you there at, in my early days of Westwood, I think it was Pam, uh, which was the daughter of Gary Burton, Pam Burton. And during church, she would run around and get in all the women's purses to get going. And when she got older, she was probably looking.